Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. And that's where you can catch us weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern live or on demand anytime you want. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis and on the gram at Aaron88. And check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. Also, pleased to announce, you probably saw it if you follow us on social media yesterday, our boy Jim Day, a.k.a. Fantasy Taz, added to the mix. So welcome aboard. Jim will join us tomorrow at 3.20 p.m. Eastern to talk about some football, what he'll be doing with us, and uh, some of the top stories as we head into the draft. So welcome aboard, Fantasy Task, someone who I've known for many years, played in many leagues with him, so good to work with him. You can find all our work, scoutfantasysports.com. We have the 2019 NFL Draft Fantasy Rookie Primer. Just added some more profiles. Uh, I sent in a bunch today, so we take a look at the top quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends for the drafts. A little scouting report on them, strengths, weaknesses, where they project, where they could go in a dynasty draft. NFL comparison, their height and weight, 40. So a lot of good, useful information that you could just get in one area. So you can go to the homepage now and check it out. Uh, also, you know, a ton of baseball coverage uh, with the waiver wire report, weekend recap in case you missed something. So you can get all of that. And, of course, your questions on the message boards and the forums uh, really helpful when you just kind of can go in-depth. There's no character space like there is on social media and we get alerts when the questions are asked. So we'll hopefully get back to you in a uh, convenient time, hopefully relatively quickly for the most part. So a lot of advantages there. And we got you covered. Football with the draft coming up. We'll have a ton of coverage there and continue to give you the baseball information that you need to dominate your leagues. Uh, and, of course, ScoutDFS.com. Uh, guys have been crushing it for MLB DFS. Uh, you can go there and uh, check out that content. Already a couple articles up for today on today's content. We got the cycle from Chris Rose. That is up right now. Uh, MLB DFS fastballs and flyballs from Fantasy Bomb. So uh, there'll be more there. There's also a podcast as well from Steve Renner uh, looking at the slate today. Of course, you have the Optimizer and the Slack chat as well. And there's still NBA and NHL DFS for the playoffs. So we got Optimizers there as well to help you out as well as MMA, PGA, and a lot more. So tons of ways to make money. You can check it out now and VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. I'll be joined by Michael Florio from Fantrax in the next segment. We'll talk some baseball with him. But let's take a look at some of the top stories going on right now in baseball. Uh, John Morrissey of MLB.com reports that free agent closer Kimbrell is moving closer to a decision on where to sign. So uh, he did say that the situation remains sufficiently fluid and there's no clear favorite to sign Kimbrell. 
So obviously there's plenty of teams that could use them. We've been hearing Milwaukee connected uh, quite a bit uh, with Corey Knable out for the season with the Tommy John surgery. Now they do get Jeremy Jeffers back. Uh, looks like he should come off the IL today. Obviously the Braves just put a Rodas Vizcaino on the IL with the shoulder problems. And, you know, that was kind of a concern going into the year when they said they were going to pitch him consecutive days. And Kimbrell is looking for a deal, you know, close to what Wade Davis got, which was three years, $52 million. So uh, he wasn't dominant last year. Uh, I wouldn't want to pay him a ton of money, but I understand the circumstance for teams that could use in addition to the bullpen. So we'll just have to wait and see. A lot of people drafted Kimbrell, have been holding on to him. I didn't take him anywhere. I mean, he was he was still going as a top 10 closer in every draft, and I didn't want to take the risk of him, you know, not signing for a couple months. So we'll see where he lands, but it uh, looks like maybe it's getting closer. Andrew Benintendi still out of the lineup today, second straight game he's missed. He fouled the ball off his right foot Sunday, and he is still considered day-to-day. Once again, the Yankees hit hard by injuries. Greg Bird has a plantar fascia tear. He'll be in a walking boot for two weeks before he is reevaluated. I mean, don't count on Greg Bird at this time. Outside of an AO only league, I think you can cut him. He has never shown the ability to stay healthy. He's gotten the opportunity here and hasn't done much. I know it was a small sample, but uh, just not someone you can rely on. Bad news here for uh, those that picked up Tyler O'Neill over the weekend. And there might have been some people who did because Harrison Bader had some hamstring tightness and sat out. So you knew, okay, the next opportunity is for Tyler O'Neill. He can go in there and play center field. And he was in the lineup last night, but he made a bad throw from center field and left the game. And uh, he's got a right elbow ulnar nerve sublection uh, for, for his elbow here. So not good. And... They don't think there's any structural damage. That's what they said yesterday, but he's going to need some time to rest to rehab, and we don't know how much time he's going to miss, so definitely not good there. And if Bader misses time, you would think maybe that they move uh, Dexter Fowler to center and put Jose Martinez in right. So we'll see if that's what they do, but it certainly is an alternative. And I knew this would happen with Jose Martinez because I had to drop him in a league, and you know how that goes. You hang on to a player that you really like. You know he's got a good bat, but the playing time is blocked, and you have injuries, so you have to make a decision because you have no injured list spots, and you already got like four guys on it. So you go, all right, I got to cut someone. Well, Jose Martinez doesn't help me now, and I really need to help now because of I have injuries. So you cut him, and you know days later something is going to happen where the opportunity opens up and – Jose Martinez gets playing time. It never, never fails. And, you know, you could look back and regret, but you always have to understand you make the best decision at the time with the information at your disposal. And that's what makes the high-stakes leagues fun and challenging is you have to make these tough decisions. If you have unlimited IL spots, there's no decision to be made. You just put them whoever you have on the IL spot, and it allows you to maintain the depth on your bench. But when you have limited roster spots, and you can't have your entire bench be taken up with IL spots. It's not going to work. You're going to fall behind. Yeah, it doesn't give you the opportunity to stream, uh, play the matchups with pitchers. So you have to make those decisions, and uh, it sucks because I would have loved to hold on to Jose Martinez, and who knows, maybe now he gets an opportunity. Uh, the Red Sox designated Blake Swihart for assignment, so Sandy Leon was called up, and you know Swihart, 27 years old. He was once a top prospect. You know, hasn't 
done well, but I liked him this year. Once I saw that he was going to play, you know, two, three times a week, I picked him up in league as my second catcher because I mentioned previously that the second catcher position, especially if you waited and didn't pay a high price, it's ugly. You got guys that are going to hit 200 and, and not help you out at all. So I'd rather take a guy who's going to play two, three times a week with the potential to maybe give me a 250 average than someone who's going to play four to five times a week and hitting the low 200s. So that's why I was looking at Blake Swihart. Obviously, Josh Fegley was a hot pickup over the last couple of weeks because he's been performing well. Well, obviously, cool down. But even Williams Astadio, uh, who is in the lineup again today, not catching. But, you know, those guys are, are more valuable at the catcher position. He's a, even a guy like Francisco Mejia, who it looks like, you know, Austin Hedge is going to play most of the time. Uh, I will take those guys. And, you know, I think that's something that, you know, you had to look at because. They just give you better production. So I'm pretty sure Swihart's going to get uh, – he'll be on with another team. So if you have him, I probably hold on just to see what happens, uh, where he lands, and see if it's an opportunity where he can be a backup catcher and potentially get some playing time. Uh, some other top performances and storylines from yesterday. How about Christian Yelich? You know, Yelich, I was actually surprised in some drafts. He fell to 8, 9, or 10. And I was like, I understand that people figured, okay, the power is not going to last. He went on a ridiculous streak in the second half last year. He had 36 home runs, and it's he's a player that last year did not see a big jump in his fly ball percentage. It was, you know, a lot of the ballpark. We knew going out of Miami and, and into Milwaukee was a drastic ballpark shift. And it's not to say that Yelich isn't a good hitter. He is. But we knew that we would see a boost in power. I don't think we expected it to the level that we saw last year. I think 25 to 28 home runs with the potential for 30 was well within reach, but he just had that second half uh, where he went crazy. I mean, right now, you know, his last 82 games, he has 33 home runs. So he had 36 home runs last year, by far a career high. We know that park is a boost for left-handed power, but I was surprised at how many people pushed him down the board. Uh, I had the third pick. In the Greenwich Street Tavern League, and I did not want to be in that spot. I just didn't feel confident in any one player because my thinking was the player I take at three is someone I could potentially get at eight, nine, or ten. So I'm not really getting a big advantage here. And in some drafts, you were able to get Yelich that late. So I didn't want to take a guy there knowing, hey, I could have gotten him in a different spot. But you have to make the decision. And I didn't want to take Max Scherzer there. Uh, I didn't want to take Trey Turner there, which... You know, he was off to a great start, and that might have looked bad. But the other factor is he has had injuries, and, you know, he played all 162 games last year. Now, he got hit by a pitch, bunting, where obviously he put his hand in the wrong spot. So he can come back and easily crush. Uh, I didn't want to take Jose Ramirez there. was fine with him, but just didn't feel good about it. Uh, It came down to Christian Yelich or J.D. Martinez, and I went with Yelich. And I think a lot of people thought I was kind of crazy or surprised by it. But and I'm not saying because of what he's done so far that I was right. What I'm saying is that I just felt like he had the highest floor and maybe people were penalizing him too much. Now, again, this pace is not something that you expect to be sustainable. Uh, I know we keep saying it. Now, the one good thing with Yelich, and we're only dealing with 14 games, his fly ball percentage is 38%. It was 23.5% last year. If he's in the 35 to 40 range... You might, you're probably going to see 30 home runs again. And he had a 35 home run to fly ball ratio last year. It's 38.1% right now. 
career is 21.1%. But he just hits the ball hard. He's elevating the ball more. And even if I, even if I projected 27, 28 home runs, which you obviously want more at your first-round pick, the way I looked at it was, okay, this guy's going to hit at least 300. He was a 326 hitter last year. He's a 354 right now. So I was looking at at least a 300 batting average. And that's big nowadays, especially over 600, 650 plate appearances. I felt he was going to get at least 100 runs, 100 RBIs in this lineup. And I felt he can get 15 to 20 steals. So that's just high floor, five-category production. And maybe we don't know his ceiling yet because he is 27 years old. Now, unfortunately, he doesn't get to play the Cardinals every every game. Obviously, he's destroyed the Cardinals so far. If I'm not mistaken, I think seven of his eight home runs have come against the Cardinals so far. And obviously, he went through a little bit of a streak there. We didn't homer. And uh, most of his uh, home runs... Uh, I think they're all at home so far this year as well. But this guy can flat out hit. I think everyone knew it. We've seen him play. So that's why I took him at three and three more home runs for him last night. So uh, you probably needed him in DFS to have a big night as uh, he just delivered a, a boatload of fantasy points. So we'll see if he can win MVP again, but certainly uh, feeling good about taking him uh, third overall so far. And, uh, did have him ranked as a top four outfielder. I don't remember if I had him three or four uh, in my final rankings. It was either him or J.D. Martinez, but certainly liked him a lot just because I thought the floor was very high. Uh, Freddie Peralta, man, this guy is frustration. I wrote about it in the two-star pitcher. I said, look, at 12-team leagues, you're probably not using them. In 15-team leagues, if you own them, you're probably rolling with them and unless you clearly had better options. And, you know, I had him in a league where I didn't have – Great options. My pitching is taking a beating with Clevenger and Severino down, so I had to roll with Peralta, and I just hoped that he would not get hammered in the uh, start. Oh, wow. Breaking news here. This is unbelievable. Blake Snell has been placed on the injured list with a fractured fourth right toe. They're saying he's expected to miss only one start, but, man, I mean, with all the pitching performances that we have seen so far, Snell was not good in his first start, but he's been dominant since. That was one of the ones you felt good about. I know we kind of go through this every year and say, oh, the injury is so bad. But really, man, this is just insane what is going on with the injuries now. And the worst part about this is these weekly leagues, man, because in a lot of leagues, you can't get them out of your lineup. Now, Tampa, Tampa, Tampa did not play yesterday. So, and this is where... Commissioners and league software have got to make these changes, and a lot of leagues have. But you have to be able to make a change five minutes before a player's game starts for the week. You should not be penalized for having Blake Snell in your lineup this week when Tampa Bay hasn't played yet. You should be able to take him out of your lineup right now. And in some setups, you can't. And that is absolutely stupid. Why should you be penalized for the week because of this late-breaking news. So please, commissioner services or anyone that has access to do this, this is the unfortunate part of weekly leagues. And trust me, I know that I play in most of my leagues are weekly. If it was up to me, I would have most of them be daily. But when you start playing 8, 9, 10 leagues, it's a lot of maintenance. Now, I like to set my lineup days in advance, and I have the ability to 
be around the computer often, and this is my career. So I understand that a lot of people do this for fun. They have other jobs. They have kids, and they just can't get to set their lineup every single day. But we had a league where we were daily last year, and they put votes on for weekly or daily, and these guys voted weekly. I mean, you need daily changes right now with all the injuries. You know, an injury like this is a perfect example with Blake Snell. I mean, there are some weekly formats right now where you cannot take him out of your lineup. And now you're stuck with a spot for a week. And it happened to me last week with David Dahl and Mike Clevenger. I was stuck in, the, in my lineup because we didn't have that news when the first pitch lineup lock occurred. So, man, just it just seems like we're getting so many injuries right now. And uh, they're saying that it's only one start. And they hope that he can return on April 24th. But, man, just surprising out of nowhere. So a fractured fourth right toe for Blake Snell. And he goes on the 10-day injured list when we return we'll bring in mike florio of fantrax.com we'll talk more baseball with him that is ahead right here scout fantasy sports on the fantasy sports radio network game time decisions you know i'm a nicer guy than most people i said no suspension for country say hey i'm watching you country that'd be enough after the fact the brush tried to rub marlow into the pole uh, next to the bench it was a cheap shot i don't know why no one sees that he, he skated he waited he was like i'm gonna wait till right now and i'm gonna try to drill him that's marlow too marlow's like 80 years old he deserved to get hit in the face you know what Gabe? and you're you're right about that i still think he's gonna get a game or two weekdays 4 p.m eastern 1 p.m pacific only on the fantasy sports radio network The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here at Scout Fantasy Sports, Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. If you're just joining us, breaking news seems to happen every day. Injuries out of nowhere, but the Rays have placed Blake Snell on the injured list with a fractured fourth right toe. They are saying it's re- retroactive to April 14th, and he's expected to miss only one start, but you know, teams tend to be optimistic, and we'll see. So one of the pitchers that's off to a great start uh, is going down, and... Uh, to talk about that and more, I bring in Mike Florio, Fantrax.com. What's up, Mike? What's up, man? How you doing? 
Pretty good, man, except uh, these injuries are driving me nuts. I know every year it feels like people will say, oh, you say this every year, but, man, I cannot remember it like this. And I have no Blake Snell shares, but I've just been getting hammered by injuries. And I've been fortunate that I'm actually doing really well in almost all my leagues. The one league that I'm really not is the NFBC auction, and I have four injuries there, and there's seven reserve spots. So, you know, I might have to make a decision soon to cut an injured player. So even with all these injuries, I'm okay. But I've always said the standings don't mean crap in April. Like, I don't care. I don't care where I'm at right now. It all matters to me when the season ends. But these injuries are just absurd. And, like, I don't see how you have a team right now where you're not affected by any of this because they're just happening fast and furious. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky in the sense of uh, this happened to Blake Snell this year and not last year. Uh, Last year, I basically had him on every one of my teams. This year, I have a couple of him. Uh, my advice to those people who have Snell first is if you're in a weekly lineup league, run to your lineup because the Rays didn't play yesterday. So a lot of leagues, you're still able to switch him out because they haven't played yet. So hopefully you have another pitcher on your bench that also his team hasn't played. You could swap him out there. And Ronis, this is why a big portion of my strategy this year was to ignore uh, the, the pitchers, kind of target the pitchers who do get hurt but also have elite stuff like I know Rich Hill, uh, Ryu, the, the whole Dodgers rotation, like Erod, those guys come to mind. Those are all targets of mine because just because pitchers in the past, like those volume arms, like, you know, I always use like Lester and Cole Hamels as examples. Like they've stayed healthy in years past. There's no guarantee that they're going to stay healthy, especially at a position as volatile as starting pitchers where they're at a higher elevated risk of injury and a higher elevated risk of missing significant time with those injuries. So, I am a believer in you acquire the talent and not the just the, oh, this guy has stayed healthy in the past. But, yeah, it has been pretty rough this year. I agree with you. I don't care about standings too much, but I am off to a hot start in pretty much all my leagues except for one dynasty. I'm in the top four. But while it doesn't matter, it is great to, to you know, look at the standings and be like, all right, I'm sitting towards the top right now. I think you feel a lot better in that than you would if you look at it and you're towards the bottom. You're like, all right, I got to do some climbing. Yeah, I mean, you know, Towel Wars, I got, I think, five, six guys on the injured list, and I was in last place, like, a week and a half ago. I was like, man, and all of a sudden, I'm in fourth place. So, with all those injuries, my entire infield is on the injured list. So, uh, the pitching, fortunately, has been pretty good in that league for me. But, yeah, I mean, you obviously don't want to get buried now because it could just completely pile up. But, you know, I see people, like, tweeting the standings and where they are like come on man i'm not doing that in april man i just feel like that's kind of bad karma and it could come back to you like i was sitting in first place several days overall for the great fantasy baseball invitation i didn't tweet it out why what does it mean nothing <laughs> you know what i mean i'll tweet it out yeah. in october that's when i'll tweet it out because it's done but it means nothing right now not only does the standings not mean anything what i'm seeing a lot of and Like, I get it. Like, people will get annoyed at, like, victory laps in April. I think that's just a lot of people having fun. But what I've seen even more of is, like, people panicking about players who were taken very early, like Jose Ramirez. I know a lot of people were worried about Zach Wheeler, and that didn't really make much sense to me. Like, we spent months. Like, I I don't know about, like, I'm sure you did as well, but, like, I started my baseball research back in December after week 16 of football. So I didn't spend all that time doing all this research. And two starts in or a week and a half in, two weeks in, I'm going to panic now. Like, 
guys get into slumps. Some guys get off to a slow start. It's going to be okay. I don't think we have enough sample size to worry about those high-end players, at least not yet. Yeah, unless you see something significant or they're hiding an injury or playing through an injury or there's just a noticeable dip. But we are still only, only dealing with like 14, 15 games in a lot of instances. I'm just curious. Uh, you, I talked about it before the break, too. There are still leagues that lock at first pitch, and I think it's the stupidest thing. I mean, I really don't love weekly leagues. I'd rather, if I had the choice, play daily. But I understand when you play in multiple leagues like many of us do – that you know, it's much easier to manage in the weekly format. Uh, I kind of like what the NFBC does, where you can change your hitters on Friday, so you can't change your pitcher. So I like that. But I'm more. I'd rather have a daily format. We had the vote in our GDD league because we were daily last year to go to weekly. I voted daily. Curious to see what your uh, were you a part of the team this year? I forgot because you weren't. There. I am not. I oh, am okay. not a part of the team. What, what would you have voted in that weekly or daily? Uh, in a league like that, I, I'm okay with it being daily. I prefer weekly because I'm more of a a points league guy. Soft, and like, I'm that's in a why. Point, no, no, I'm in a points league now, though, with weekly moves. Actually, this is a league I didn't think of when I, I'm struggling in this league. But it's largely because there's unlimited pickups. So teams just every morning run to the waiver wire and grab pitchers. And it, to me, there's no strategy. No, in that. that's like, see, I, that's stupid. First of all, and and I played. I told you we've discussed this. I played in points leagues for many years. I I'm not this year. If you, when you're in a points league like that and you can make daily transactions, you what you have to do. And my league did this. I think they didn't allow you more than ten starts per week. So you need to do something like that. There is there there is has to be a limited transaction per week if it's daily moves, whether it's seven, so maybe one per day. Or there has to be a maximum amount of starts. Because if someone is just compiling and picking up guys every single day and filtering pitchers in and out, and I understand they could get hammered and give you negative points, but if one team has 18 starts and the other has eight, come on, man, you're right. There's no strategy there. It's stupid. You're compiling stats. Yeah, and I, I'm not a fan of that. Like I think the for fantasy baseball, it should be like rewarding of people who – are picking up the, the skilled players, you know, the breakout players and such. And if you're just literally every week rotating two, three guys in your rotation to drop and pick up the next day, like, like you said, there's no skill in that at all. So I think it depends on the format. For Roto, I'm 100% okay with it being daily, but in points leagues, I prefer weekly. Yeah, and I'm, I'm fine with that too. Again, if you are going to do it daily, I just think you need to have uh, a limit on the amount of starts. You know, if there's no limitation and you could just – run out there 24 starts in a given week if you decide to you know rotate two or three spots and just pick up every scrub pitcher i mean yeah it's stupid it doesn't it doesn't make it fun it doesn't make the best team win and i understand in the points league not the best team does not always win but you need to at least have a limitation there so i'm with you on that talking to mike florio fantracks.com uh we saw clayton kershaw return yesterday Solid line. What did you take away from his performance? Are you encouraged going forward, or you still have some trepidation that he'll be able to be the pitcher he has been? I think when when Clayton Kershaw is healthy, he is a low-end SP1 with the upside to be a little bit better. I think the days of him being the overall SP1 or behind him, his velocity last night, he was sitting at around 90 miles per hour, down a tick from last year. But first start back, that's to be expected. Uh, I did like to see that he was still getting a ton of swing and misses with that curveball. That curveball was back to being what it was years past. The only concern I have with Kershaw is the health. And again, being a guy who is saying, hey, don't worry about all these 
pitcher injuries because pitchers are going to get hurt. Just much, you know, amass the talent and piece them in as you can. Kershaw fits that strategy, so I kind of wish I had more shares of Kershaw. I didn't end up with enough of him, and he was a guy. And actually, in the the GST draft that I shared with Frank and Greg, uh, I w- he went in like eighth round, and from the sixth round on, I kept being like Kershaw is still there and shouldn't be. And ultimately, we were going to pull the trigger in the eighth round. I would have done it even earlier, but ultimately, we said eighth round, and, and he went a couple of picks before us. But I think if you got Kershaw at that uh, the discount, factoring in the injuries, he's missed two weeks. It's not a big deal at all. I, I expect him to go on the IL again at some point. But when healthy, I think Clayton Kershaw is who we know he is. Should we be concerned about Noah Syndergaard's slow start? Uh, a little bit. I'm writing about him now, actually, for fan track. Sorry There's to interrupt your writing. <laughs> I do not say it like that at all. Just letting people know that tomorrow they'll be able to read about it on fan track. But there is some stuff to be worried about. The, the FIP and the XFIP are still around three. Uh, he's still getting a ton of strikeouts. But his K per nine is almost at 11. My concern, though, is that according to Brooks Baseball, his slider velocity is down three miles per hour this year, and he's getting 10%, uh, 10 fewer percentage points uh, for whiffs. So you look at it, less swinging strikes with that, that elite pitch of his, the velo is down a bit there. I Basically, my thoughts on Noah Syndergaard are I'm not worried yet. I still think he could be an SP1, but I think we need to let go of these dreams of him having a year, and maybe it's just myself, but I've always visioned if he had a year where he could stay healthy, he could be a top five, if not the number one pitcher in baseball because of his stuff. I think we kind of got to let go of that. He's a low-end SP1. Take him for what he is. You're going to get a lot of strikeouts. He's going to get a lot of ground balls. But I don't know if he, if the ceiling that he once had, he still possesses. We saw Rossell Iglesias blow a save last night, giving up a two-run homer to Jock Peterson. Uh, Iglesias has not been great this year. Is he someone you're worried about? And if you are going to look to put pick up a potential replacement in the Reds' bullpen, who would that be? Man, I think it should be Amir Garrett, but I don't think it will be. I think Amir Garrett is filthy, but for some reason, they, they I, I get it, he's a lefty. They don't like to, to use him in that ninth inning. Uh, we have seen David Hernandez pick up a save for the Reds this year, so he would be, I would imagine, next in line to pick up for Iglesias. I am a little bit worried about Iglesias. He hasn't pitched well this year, and plus, you know they like him in that two-inning role, so I wonder if he continues to struggle in the ninth. Do they say, hey, let's try and you know remove him from that role, give him some you know a break from it, and then try to use him as that like Andrew Miller as pitcher? I'm not sure if they go that route, but I think it is something to be concerned about. Although I will say, the home run he gave up last night, I mean, Jock Peterson, I think is super underrated. Jock is off to a phenomenal start. He mashes righties. He's hitting leadoff against them in the Dodgers lineup, like. I think Jock is a guy who needs to be owned, and you just sit when they face, you know, like three lefties in a week. Yeah, in a weekly league, it could be tough, and I talked about that. You just kind of have to look at the schedule and decide if he is the better alternative. But, you know, if they're in a week where they're facing a lot of right-handers, yeah, then he's an easy lock to put in your lineup for sure. And, uh, you know, that's the one concern. Dodgers are going to mix and match with a lot of bodies. Talking to Mike Florio, Fantrax.com. How about Corey Kluber? I mean, we are used to seeing him struggle out of the gate in April. If you look at his history, he does get off to slow starts, but he walked a career-high five the other day. 
Is this a cause for concern for Corey Kluber owners going forward, or is this just, hey, typical April, we've seen this before, he'll be fine? I think it's the latter. I think it's typical April. The high walk, I, I understand it's concerning, but if you look around baseball, that's been a, an issue this year. We saw Trevor Bauer have an outing, who I think Trevor Bauer is the best pitcher on this staff. He had an outing with six walks this year. We've seen that happen to Zach Wheeler. We saw it last night happen to Trevor Richards and New Darvish. There's been a lot more walks this year. So I wonder if that has to do with it being early season, cold weather, pitchers are struggling to you know get a proper feel for it, if it has to do with something with the balls because we're hearing the seams are even a little bit different. So I'm still trying. To, I think we don't have an answer that on that, but we've seen Kluber get off to slow starts before. He's even though like he's off to a slow start this year, we still have seen a strong outing out of him. I think it's the latter. I'm not too concerned with Corey Kluber, although I did lower him coming into this year. He wasn't in my top five. I don't know if he is any more, any longer a top five starting pitcher, but I still think you're going to get ace-like numbers from him at the end of the year. Yeah, I had a bold prediction before the year. I did for thir- a bold prediction for each team. My one for the Indians was Mike Clevenger finishes ahead of Corey Kluber in fantasy, and the injury might prevent us from seeing that. But uh, I, yeah, I just I I did like to I didn't draft Kluber anywhere and. I was just a little concerned that he might take a slight step down. Not that he would suck, but just didn't take him. By the way, we have uh, some cl- uh, little information here on how Blake Snell got hurt. This is from Mark Tompkin, who covers the Tampa Bay uh, Rays. Uh, Snell said he was getting out of the shower Sunday night, decided then to move a decorative stand in the bathroom that he didn't realize was in two parts, and as he lifted the bottom piece made of granite, it fell on his right foot, and the fourth toe is a bruised red mess. So... Things happen in the shower that could put you on the injured list. This fits the narrative. Like, no, in any other profession, do people get injured in weirder ways than baseball players. Like, there's so many odd stories of how they get hurt. I'm a little bit disappointed with Snow. He's a huge sneakerhead. You would think, you know, hopefully he'd be walking around with some shoes on or something, but unfortunately not. I thought maybe perhaps this happened in the last game, and that explained the early hook they had for him. I guess not, but they're saying he'll be back next week, so I'm not too worried. Yeah, and the moral of the story is, you know, make people do things for you. Don't, yeah, don't do but, it yourself. You just signed that contract, man. You, you could afford to pay someone to move a picture for you. Yeah, exactly, man. Unbelievable. So, uh, again, I don't have Blake Snell anywhere this year, so it doesn't affect me. It's just crazy, though, all the injuries that we've had. Uh, we saw you, Darvish, with a – Decent performance last night. I mean, it was against the Marlins. We still saw four walks. Or he was throwing 98, I believe, he hit. Uh, is he someone you're optimistic about for the rest of the year? I'm on the fence about you, Darvish, because the velocity was up last night. I know he was sitting just below 95 miles per hour. It was the hardest he's thrown all year, which is great to see. But, again, the four walks, eight Ks, I worry – if he was pitching like he did last night against a better lineup, would they have done more damage to him, make him pay for those walks and such? So I'm a little bit concerned. I'm not fully sold on Darvish yet, but I will say yesterday was a step in the right direction. What about Nick Pavetta? He goes to the mound tonight against the Mets. He has not been good in his three starts. A lot of people were expecting a potential breakout from him. He was very costly in drafts. Uh, will he turn it around and be what people paid for? Or is he just going to be someone that kind of teases us with good underlying numbers and just can't pitch? I think he's going to get better than he was, but I still worry if he's going to fall in that second class of pitchers you brought up. I don't have 
I don't know if I have any shares of Pavetta. He was a pitcher that when I first started to do my research, I got excited about and I thought I would have a lot of shares of, but that cost was just way too high, and, and he was going ahead of people that I had ranked ahead of him, so I just didn't end up with much of him. I do think, though, he is going to pitch better. The stuff is too good for him to keep pitching the way he is. However, I do worry if he's one of these guys where – the underlying numbers are always going to say he's better than he is, and it's, it might take a little bit for him to live up to that. Uh, that's how Corey Kluber was when he first started. Every year we were saying, oh, well, the FIP and the XFIP is better than the ERA, and then it, it took a couple years to come to fruition. Uh, more breaking news. Another pitcher placed on the injured list, and I don't know if this guy is injured. Freddie Peralta placed on the injured list with a right shoulder. So there was no discussion about this last night. They activated Jeremy Jeffers, so... Freddie Peralta on the injured list, and that actually might be good for your fantasy team because now I don't have to put him in my damn lineup. And I think it keeps Corbin Burns in the rotation, and he is the young arm in that rotation that I'm very excited about. Spin rate leaders, he's almost across the board, leading across the board in almost every pitch he throws. So he got great swing and miss stuff. I have an article out on him now on Fantrax. I highly recommend you pick up Corbin Burns if people gave up on him. All right, that is Mike Florio. Check him out at Fantrax.com. Thanks for the time. We'll come back, wrap it up, looking at lineups in tonight's baseball games. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Rain dance. Make it rain. Russell Wilson is the standard bearer, in my opinion. Aaron Rodgers does it in a slightly different way in terms of mobility in the pocket. But Russell Wilson is the model. And Russell Wilson, you know, guys like Baker Mayfield, guys like Kyler Murray can thank Russell Wilson um, for, in my opinion, proving another way the quarterback position can be played. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Who are you trying to get crazy with this, see? Don't you know I'm local? Back here, Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. I haven't heard this jam in a while. Little Cypress Hill. You can check me out, ScoutFantasySports.com. Check out our NFL Draft Primer. This is really good stuff here. Basically... Short profiles on some of the top rookie 
offensive players, quarterback, running back, receiver, and tight end. So I just added more capsules to the primer today. So it uh, gives you a nice summary of some of the players that could be on your fantasy teams, whether it's redraft or dynasty coming up. So check that out as well as a lot of fantasy baseball content, including the waiver wire. And you can ask your questions on the message boards and forums at scoutfantasysports.com. Take your tax refund and swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer user to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands using thousands of dollars. Uh, If you are playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, Weather updates, fantasy projections, the use of the same daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get 10% of a discount today. Lots of news breaking today, man, and it's uh, mostly not good as uh, the injured list continues to pile up. Of course, The most notable one is Blake Snell, the starting pitcher for the Rays, placed on the 10-day injured list as he has a fractured fourth right toe. They are expecting him to be ready uh, for his next start, which could be April 24th against the Royals. So we'll just have to wait and see. So if you're in a weekly league and it allows you to make changes before the first pitch of the first game of the week for that team, you still have time to take Blake Snell out. The Rays did not play yesterday, so... Get to your lineups now before the game starts for the race and get Blake Snell out of your weekly lineup. And hopefully you have someone on the bench that you can replace him with because at this pace, you might not have many guys left. Also, Freddie Peralta of the Brewers has been placed on the injured list with a right shoulder injury. I wonder if this is one of those phantom injuries to get him out of the lineup. Uh, maybe give him some time off and work on some things. Because I didn't really see anything about this yesterday. Who knows? Uh, but Jeremy Jeffers uh, has been activated. And obviously this could potentially put Josh Hader in a multiple inning role. And he'll still get some saves. And he still has a ton of value. But uh, interested to see what they do with Jeffers. And you know how many saves does he get. But you got to think if he's healthy and he does well, he'll have a role. Reese Hoskins is out of the lineup tonight. Uh, he slid into second base yesterday during the Mets game. And, uh, you know, was down for a little bit. He stayed in the game, but his ankle is sore. So, really hope this isn't serious since I have him in many leagues. Or at least, a, I don't know, three, four. I don't know. Definitely have him. Actually, yeah, probably do have him in like three or four. I know I have him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. I know I have him in the uh, in the GDD League. Uh, might have him in in an auction league too. So uh, yeah, have Hoskins in quite a few leagues. So hopefully this is not too serious, but ton of injuries today as the carnage continues uh, in baseball. Let's take a look at the lineups that we have for tonight's slate kicks off at six thirty-five PM. Eastern. The Red Sox come to New York to face the Yankees. Chris sale against James Paxton for the Red Sox. Andrew Benintendi is out again. He fouled the bull off ball off his foot on Sunday. So he's missed two games in a row. doesn't look like he's going to go on the I.L., but who the hell knows? Mookie Betts in right field leading off. Sander Bogarts is sharp, hitting second. J.D. Martinez in left field, hitting third. Steve Pierce, the D.H., hitting cleanup. Mitch Moreland at first base, hitting fifth. Eduardo Nunez at second, hitting sixth. Rafael Devers at third base, hitting seventh. Sandy Leone just called up 
as Blake Swihart designated for assignment. He is the catcher. Jackie Bradley returns after missing a couple games due to illness. He's batting ninth in center field. For the Yankees, DJ LeMahieu leads it off at second base. Aaron Judge, second and right field. Luke Voigt at first, batting third. Gleyber Torres at short, hitting fourth. Clint Frazier is the DH batting fifth. Gio Urshela at third base, hitting sixth. Who would have thought that Urshela would be hitting sixth against the Red Sox on April 16th? Unbelievable. Brett Gardner at center field, batting seventh. Austin Romine behind the plate, hitting eighth. And Mike Talkman in left field, batting ninth. The Pirates are in Detroit. Joe Musgrove against Matthew Boyd for the Pirates. Adam Frazier leading off in second base. Starling Marte in center field hitting second. Francisco Cervelli is the catcher hitting third. Josh Bell at first base hitting fourth. Melky Kapura the DH hitting fifth. Jung-Ho Gong back in the lineup. He is really struggling. He is at third base hitting sixth. J.B. Shuck in left field and uh, in right field hitting seventh. Pablo Reyes in left field hitting eighth. And Eric Gonzalez the shortstop hitting ninth. For the Tigers, Josh Harrison returns to the lineup, leading off at second base. Nicholas Castellanos, he's also back. He's the DH as he's been bothered by a toe injury and sat out over the weekend. Miguel Cabrera in right at first base, hitting third. Nico Goodrum back in the lineup after missing time with an illness. He's in right field, hitting cleanup. Kristen Stewart in left field, hitting fifth. Heimer Candelario at third base, batting sixth. Gordon Beckham at shortstop, batting seventh. Grayson Griner is the catcher, hitting eighth. And Jacoby Jones in center field, batting ninth. The Giants in Washington, Derek Rodriguez against Steven Strasburg for the Giants. Steven Duger leads off from right field. Joe Panic at second base, hitting second. Buster Posey is the catcher, batting third. Brandon Belt at first base, hitting cleanup. Brandon Crawford at short, batting fifth. Evan Longoria at third, hitting sixth. Kevin Pillar in center, batting seventh. Gerardo Parra in left, hitting eighth. And Derek Rodriguez on the mound, hitting last. Adam Eaton leading off from right field for the Nats. Brian Dozier back in the lineup at second base, hitting second. Anthony Rendon at third, Juan Soto clean up and left, Ryan Zimmerman's at first base hitting fifth, Kurt Suzuki behind the plate hitting sixth, Wilmer Defoe at short batting seventh, Steven Strasburg on the mound hitting eighth, and Victor Robles in center field batting ninth tonight for the Nationals. The Mets are in Philadelphia to take on the Phillies. Steven Matz against Nick Pavetta for the Phillies. Andrew McCutcheon leading off in left field. Gene Segura is at short hitting second, Bryce Harper in right field hitting third, JT Romuto is catching, hitting fourth. Scott Kingery gets the start at third base tonight. He hits fifth. Cesar Hernandez at second base, batting sixth. Aaron Altair in center, hitting seventh. Mikal Franco is at first base tonight, hitting eighth, as he had another home run last night. He's off to a hot start, but they will not move him up in the lineup. Nick Pavetta is on the mound, batting ninth. The Cubs are in Miami to take on the Marlins. Jose Quintana coming off a really dominant start against Pablo Lopez. For the Cubs, Daniel Descalso leading off. At second base, Chris Bryant in left field hitting second. Anthony Rizzo at first base batting third. Javier Baez at short hitting cleanup. Jason Hayward in right field hitting fifth. Wilson Contreras off to a sizzling start. His sixth home run yesterday. He is the catcher hitting sixth. David Bote at third base hitting seventh. Albert Armora made a hell of a play in center field last night. He is in center field hitting eighth. And Jose Quintana on the mound batting ninth. For the Marlins, Miguel Rojas leading off at shortstop. Brian Anderson at third base hitting second. Starlin Castro at second base hitting third. Jorge Alfaro back in the lineup catching and hitting cleanup. He set out yesterday due to a knee and chest injury. Martin Prado at first base hitting fifth. Isaac Galloway in right field hitting sixth. Austin Dean in left batting seventh. Lewis Brinson in center field hitting eighth. Pablo Lopez on the mound for the Marlins hitting ninth. The Orioles in Tampa Bay to take on the Rays. Dylan Bundy opposes Tyler Glass now. 
Off to a tremendous start. He'll be a popular play in DFS tonight. For the Orioles, Jonathan VR at short leading off. Trey Mancini in right field batting second. Dwight Smith Jr. in left field hitting third. Renato Nunez, the DH hitting cleanup. Rio Ruiz at third base hitting fifth. Hanser Alberto at second base hitting sixth. Chris Davis at first base batting seventh. He hit his first homer of the year yesterday. Jesus Sucre is the catcher at the eighth. And Cedric Mullins in center field batting ninth. For the Rays, the red-hot Austin Meadows is the DH leading off. Tommy Pham in left field batting second. G-Man Choi at first base hitting third. Yandy Diaz at third base batting fourth. Brandon Lau at second base batting fifth. Avisail Garcia in right field hitting sixth. Kevin Kiermaier in center hitting seventh. Daniel Robertson is at short hitting eighth. And Michael Perez is the catcher batting ninth. The Diamondbacks in Atlanta to take on the Braves. Robbie Ray against Max Freed. For the Diamondbacks, Adam Jones leads off in right. Cattell Marte is in center field hitting second. Eduardo Escobar at third base batting third. David Peralta in left field hitting cleanup. Christian Walker at first base hitting fifth. Wilmer Flores is the second baseman hitting sixth. Nick Ahmed at short hitting seventh. Carson Kelly is the catcher hitting eighth. And Robbie Ray on the mound batting ninth. For the Braves, Ozzie Albee is at second base leading off. Josh Donaldson really picking it up over the last few games. He's at third base batting second. Freddie Freeman at first Batting third, Ronald Acuna in left, hitting cleanup. Johan Comargos in right field, batting fifth. Nick Marquez gets the night off against the left-hander. Dansby Swanson is at short, hitting sixth. Tyler Flowers behind the plate, hitting seventh. Ender Inciarte in center field, hitting eighth. Max Fried on the mound, batting ninth for the Braves. The Blue Jays in Minnesota, Aaron Sanchez against Kyle Gibson. For the Twins, Max Kepler leading off from right field. He got the day off yesterday. Jorge Polanco's at short, batting second. Eddie Rosario's the DH hitting third. Nelson Cruz is out of the lineup. I'm not sure why. I mean, they were at a National League Park last week, and he got a couple days off. So haven't seen anything health-related, but kind of odd that Cruz is sitting out. So Rosario's the DH hitting third. Williams Astadio at first base hitting cleanup. Marwin Gonzalez at third base hitting fifth. Jake Cave in left field hitting sixth. Adrianza at second base hitting seventh. Jason Castro is the catcher hitting eighth. And Byron Buxton in center field batting ninth. The Angels in Texas. Jaime Barria against Mike Miner. For the Angels, David Fletcher leading off in left field. Mike Trout's in the lineup again. He will DH. Not ready to play the field yet, but you're happy to have him back in the lineup if you are an owner of Trout. He's the DH hitting second. Angelton Simmons at short batting third. Albert Pools at first base hitting cleanup. Jonathan LaCroix is the catcher batting fifth. Cole Calhoun's in right field, hitting six. Zach Kosar at third base, hitting seventh. Tommy Lastella is at second base, hitting eighth. And Peter Borgios in center field, batting ninth. For the Rangers, Sin Chu Chu leading off in left field. Elvis Andrews is at shortstop, batting second. Nomar Mazzara in right field, hitting third. Hunter Pence is the DH, hitting cleanup. Joey Gallo in center field, batting fifth. Estruba Cabrera at third base, hitting sixth. Danny Santana getting the time at second base, while Rudet Odor is on the injured list, Santana's at second, batting seventh. Logan Forsythe at first base, hitting eighth. Jeff Mathis is the catcher, batting ninth for the Texas Rangers. The Royals are in Chicago to take on the White Sox. Jorge Lopez against Reynaldo Lopez. For the Royals, Alberto Montesi gets the night off. He's not in the lineup tonight. Whit Merrifield leading off at second base. Alex Gordon in left field, hitting second. Hunter Dozier at third base, hitting third. He's been red hot. He's someone I picked up over the weekend in a 15-team league. I put in bids for him in several leagues, only won him in one. But if he's on your waiver wire, I think he's someone you could add right now. He's hitting the ball real hard. Uh, I used him at DFS yesterday. He came through with a home run. And he's uh, off to a nice, solid start. You know, the walk rate, 
pretty good. He's at a 379 OBP. He's got four homers, eight RBIs. Uh, he's been hitting, you know, fourth, fifth in this lineup. Uh, fly ball percentage, he's been hitting the ball in the air quite a bit, 46%. He's been hitting the ball hard. So I think Hunter Dozier, especially with all the injuries, uh, he is someone you could add. And in a lot of leagues, he has eligibility at first and third base. So take a look if you need some help there. Ryan O'Hearns at first base, hitting cleanup. Jorge Soler in right field, batting fifth. Lucas Duda, the DH, hitting sixth. Chris Owings at shortstop, batting seventh. Martin Maldonado is the catcher, hitting eighth. And Billy Hamilton in center field, batting ninth. For the White Sox, Lurie Garcia leading off in center field. Yoan Moncada at third base, hitting second. Jose Abreu at first base, hitting third. Yondo Alonso, the DH in the cleanup spot. Eloy Jimenez in left field, hitting fifth. Batting sixth, Tim Anderson, he's playing short. Wellington Castile with the big home run yesterday. He's the catcher, hitting seventh. Daniel Paco, yet to have a hit on the season. He is batting eighth in the right field. And Yomer Sanchez at second base, batting ninth. The Indians are in Seattle. Shane Bieber against Mike Leak. Today, no Daniel Vogelbach for Seattle. They've been kind of rotating that one spot, and uh, Vogelbach will sit today at the lineup for Seattle, leading off Malik Smith in center field. Mitch Hattiger in right field batting second. Domingo Santana in left field hitting third. Edwin Encarnacion on fire right now. He is the DH hitting cleanup. Jay Bruce at first base hitting fifth. Tim Beckham at short batting sixth. Ryan Healy's at third hitting seventh. Tom Murphy is the catcher hitting eighth. And D. Gordon is the second baseman batting ninth for uh, Seattle. So still waiting on some lineups to come out. We do have a lineup here for the Cardinals. They're in Milwaukee. Jack Flaherty against Brandon Woodruff. Uh, For the Cardinals, Matt Carpenter at third base leading off. Paul Goldschmidt at first base hitting second. Paul DeYoung at short hitting third. Marcelo Zuna in left field batting fourth. Jose Martinez in right field batting fifth. Knew this was going to happen. We've all been there. It's inevitable. You stash a player. There's no playing time. You cut him. And injuries open the door to get in there. So Jose Martinez, if he's available, is going to be a hot pickup. Haven't seen any... Uh, I don't think they've made any move with Harrison Bader yet. Uh, he's been dealing with hamstring soreness, so he has been out. So that moves Fowler to center with Tyler O'Neill going on the deal. That could open up playing time for Jose Martinez. So, oh, boy, just sucks. Knew it was going to happen. Uh, so Martinez in right field batting fifth. Yadier Molina is the catcher hitting sixth. Dexter Fowler in center field batting seventh. Colton Wong at second base hitting eighth. Jack Flaherty on the mound for the Cardinals batting ninth. Uh, we got the Rockies in San Diego. John Gray against Nick Marjavicious. That game's 9, 10 p.m. Eastern, 10, 7 p.m. Eastern. Colin McHugh uh, against Marco Estrada as the Astros go into Oakland. And the Dodgers hosting the Reds. Tyler Molly against Kenta Maeda tonight. So uh, full night of baseball. No day baseball game. First game at 6.35 p.m. Eastern. Uh, in a day where just a lot of injury news. Uh, not good here as uh, the injuries continue to to pile up uh, with Blake Snell going on the injured list. That's the big news today, dealing with a fractured toe. But at least the preliminary reports indicate he's only going to miss one start. But we will see about that uh, because a lot of times they say that and it doesn't happen. Freddie Peralta, again, placed on the 10-day I.L. with a right shoulder injury. So we'll see. And he'll probably be someone who's going to get cut in a lot of leagues. He's got a 7-1-3 ERA, a 1-5-3 whip, and... Uh, again, with all these injuries, if you don't have IL spots, it's going to be difficult to stick with him. And maybe he does make an impact at some point um, when he comes back because he does have a dynamic arm, but obviously just too inconsistent. You know, we saw the one dominant outing, but uh, several bad outings, and uh, he was removed in the fourth inning yesterday. 
uh, as Jeremy Jeffers activated from the injured list. So Jeffers has to be added in your league if he is uh, out there. Uh, so uh, update here on Reese Hoskins. Uh, Matt Breen of the Philadelphia Inquirer reports that the ankle is wrapped and pretty swollen. They're saying it's not a long-term concern, but not good news here. So tonight they move Mikel Franco to first base. Scott Kingery plays third base. Kingery will be the guy who benefits for sure. So just a ton of injury news right now. Uh, it, it's it's never good. So a lot of teams are dealing with this. You kind of just have to persevere. Aaron Hicks of the Yankees did tee and toss work and threw on the field Tuesday. So he's hoping to take BP either tomorrow or Thursday. And then after that, he could head out on a minor league rehab assignment. Just definitely need some good news at this point. Uh, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. We got our 2019 NFL Draft Fantasy Rookie Primer. Uh, we'll have my stock watch for baseball coming up, and you can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums. Don't forget scoutdfs.com. These guys have been on fire with the MLB picks, so go over there now. Check it out. Use the optimizer. Slack chat leading up to lineup block. We got you covered, scoutdfs.com. That wraps it up here. I'll be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, along with Dr. Roto. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.